even if I'm not closing deals or making money, it's it's helping my brain heal because it, there's so many different things that I have to learn and do in transactions and running my business that I honestly think it's helping my brain. Um, and, and in insurance, it wasn't like that. It, it just felt like my brain was sleeping and I was just making these calls and it was so... I, I felt like the switch of careers I had to do for myself, partly because of my brain injury, just to remind myself, like, you're supposed to be dead or <laughs> a vegetable, or you're not even supposed to be working. Your wife's supposed to be taking care of you. And so that helps me, helps remind myself how lucky I am and how much of a miracle it is that I'm able to help my wife with my kids, but also financially help with real estate. Hello, and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Hey, friends, welcome to the Agent Podcast. I'm here with my buddy, Jordan, coming to us live out of Utah. Jordan, how you doing? I'm great. Good. It's so good to be here. I, um, well, I could give you a long answer or a short answer. Give uh, me the real answer. I want the real answer. I don't care how long it is. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you um, the last two years of my life okay. and kind of what led me to real estate. Um, I had always thought about it probably since high school because my grandpa um, he was a general contractor, built a huge business. He retired at age 40 and he got so bored that he got into commercial real estate. So um, when I was in high school, they have the job shadowing days. And so I job shadowed him. And, uh, you know, at high school or all I was thinking about was basketball. So I, I didn't really think of it as a career. I just thought it'd be cool to see what he did because he was so successful. Um, so it always been there, but I guess there was the fear of getting into real estate because it's, you know, you're basically an entrepreneur running your own business and there's risk involved in it. Um, and it's not a guaranteed paycheck. I know people think that there's a lot of flexibility in time, but usually you are always busy with people calling you and contacting you. <laughs> so um, I'd always thought about it. And then two years ago, my wife and I were actually planning on moving to Hawaii. So we were, I, I had got accepted to school out there. We were selling everything that we owned in our house. And on my way home from work, I was riding my Harley Davidson. And uh, it was a nice day outside September. And I thought I, I'm going to, you know, ride without my helmet. And I, I never rode without my helmet. Um, it was in my saddlebag and I ended up getting hit by a car. Um, we were going on a one way. I was in the left lane. She is in the right lane. She was from out of town and she thought traffic was coming one way, the other way at us. So she freaked out and tried to pull into this car dealership. And I hit her driver's side door and just flew over the top and, uh, was in critical condition. Um, was in a coma for three weeks. And then I had to relearn the basics of life, just how to walk, um, 
how to do everything again at the age of 30. And um, it really flipped our life upside down because my wife was pregnant with our son at that time. And so, as you can imagine, we didn't end up going to Hawaii. The plan was, you know, if, if I made it, I would be a vegetable. And uh, most likely I wasn't going to make it. So I, I died on the operating table a couple of times and then came back. And so uh, it's a miracle that I'm here talking to you and normal like this. It took me about a year to recover and get everything going again. I was really nervous to start working, but um, I decided to jump into the insurance world because I wanted to help people that had similar experiences as me. Uh, the lady that hit me was underinsured. So we had to get a lawyer and she claimed that it wasn't her fault. And so it was this huge battle. And so I thought getting into the insurance world, my story could help people understand like, look, this is the type of coverage you need because there's so many drivers that are uninsured or underinsured. Uh, I think the the stat is like one of one out of four drivers is either under underinsured or uninsured. So if you get hit by them, it's trouble. <laughs> so I got into insurance, uh, worked for AAA, and was super nervous because I had a brain injury. They had to take they had to take both of my sides of my skull out um, to let my brain swell and then put my skull back. So with a brain injury, each brain injury is so different. You don't know, you know, what part of your brain will be affected. So I, I was really nervous to go back to work because I didn't know how I would be able to handle it. I did really well. I became one of the top uh, sales agents in the region fairly quickly. But as I did that, I just felt really bored. I was at a desk every day and making a bunch of phone calls and the pay wasn't that great. And I just imagine connecting with people more and getting to tell my story more. And, you know, it, it just wasn't anything that I pictured. So I thought if I'm making calls all day and talking to people all day and, you know, I can still do sales, I might as well do something that makes me some more money because the hours that I'm spending here are not worth the time. Um, and I just, every morning that I got up, I was just dreading going in <laughs> to work. So uh, don't tell AAA this, but I, as I was making calls, selling insurance, I was also studying on my phone for the real estate exam. So I took all of my real estate classes while working insurance because I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, I'm at least going to have my license before I quit my job. So I did that. I had, I had my AirPods in one ear and I was making calls <laughs> for insurance with the other phone. So, you know, as people weren't answering, I was studying. And then when they would, I would pause my little, my video and um, yeah, that's, that's how it went. And I never got caught. It probably, I don't know if I should be saying this, maybe I could get in trouble now, but yeah, that's, that's how I, that's how I did it. Um, I failed my, my real estate exam twice and felt really discouraged. 
um, and then finally passed it my third time. Um, once I passed it, I put my two weeks in and, and just went full send into real estate. So been doing it about six months now. So I'm a fairly new agent. Um, I've closed, well, by the end of this month, I'll have closed six deals and, uh, have a few in the pipeline. So it's, it's, uh, definitely been a learning process, but I love, I love real estate. I've made more money than I've ever made in my life. in, in the six months, um, you know, I get to somewhat set my own schedule. If, if I need to do something with my family or friends, you know, I can tell people, no, I, I can't show you homes at this time or I'm not available. So it's been really nice, but it has been definitely been a huge learning curve starting in the business. So that's, that's my long answer <laughs> of getting into so, real estate. Jordan, let, let me pause you there. Like, dude, that is a lot. I mean, that is one hell of a story, you know, thank you for sharing that. So from the time you ended up in the hospital, I mean, dude, I'm grateful you're here. Like, you know, thank God. Yeah. Right? Like, this is amazing. I'm sure I can yeah, only imagine it, it what was your family crazy. feels. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine, but from the time you were in the hospital to, you know, coming back and relearning to walk and function and all of these skills, right? Fine motor, gross motor, I'm sure all of that stuff. What is that time period? Like, are you still going through that right now? Or can you talk about yeah. that? I mean, that, that's... Yeah, huge. so I've, I've actually, this is why I love podcasts so much because you can find a lot of information. So I, I would listen to podcasts on brain injuries because I, a lot of my friends and family, you know, I'll show you. Well, I don't know if you can see my, my skulls kind of like shifted, but I have huge scars where they, they cut. And so I had a hundred staples in my head. So I looked really crazy and just my face was swollen. So, uh, after, after like all my hair grew back and I started looking normal again, um, I think my friends and family would have said, and probably still would say, I'm I'm the same person. Um, you know, they 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 say that I act the same and do things, but from from my point of view, my personality and things have changed. Um, and my wife definitely <laughs> would say that I've changed. Um, the biggest thing would be my patience, like things that I I used to have patience for. I just will really quickly snap, which in real estate and in insurance and dealing with people, it's really hard to control those emotions because you, you have to be able to, you know, if, if something's going awry, you have to be able to calm yourself down and calm your customer down, you know, um, or your clients. So those are the biggest things. Um, before my accident, I, I was very creative and would draw and would design logos and uh, work in Adobe Photoshop and Illustrator and do video editing and all of that stuff. So that was stuff that I love to do. And now I just don't have the urge to do things like that. I'm, you don't I'm have the more... urge or you don't have the patience or both? 
Um, I just don't have, I don't have the, the want, like it doesn't sound fun to me or enjoyable, <laughs> which is really weird because I love that stuff so much. Um, and I, I'm way more analytical and I wasn't, yeah, I, I just wasn't as much analytical before. So in some ways I feel like I got smarter from the brain injury cause it shifted my thinking, but, but, uh, in other ways I miss, I miss who I used to be. Um, so it's, it's a real struggle. And in some days it's, it's like, wow, this, I can see how this benefited me. So basically, you know, I had to relearn entirely who I was because I thought I knew who I was before the accident. You know, I felt like I was finally getting a, a grasp on what I wanted to do with life. And then everything changed. And so it's, it's been two years and it's still a huge learning process. The example I was giving with the podcast live, live or listening to brain injuries. Um, this other kid had fallen off a water tower. I think he was in construction and hit his head like three different times as he fell down. Well, two times. And then, and then on the ground was a third time. And he was on this podcast and it had been a year from his accident and his speech he was just slurring and you could barely understand what he was saying um you had to really focus and there was parts of the podcast i had to rewind because i was like i don't even i don't even know what he said but i was so interested in his story because he was so much worse than i was and it made me feel grateful for being in my situation which anytime you could feel grateful there were so many so many down days that you're just like, like, why didn't God just take me? Like that was a perfect chance, you know, like, why do I have to suffer through this? So listening to him gave me hope because, because I guess you could say he was in a worse state than I was. And that, I, I don't know if that's twisted or whatever, but it that's no, I think just how I felt. It's human. Can I ask you yeah. a question? Yeah. How did you have patience with yourself to, to get you to where you are today? Um, let me finish this story okay. with this guy and then I'll answer that. So I've, I found him on another podcast and it was five years after his accident and he, he was speaking so fluid and he, he sounded like a genius. Like he, he, it was amazing to me. I couldn't believe it was the same guy. And I had to go back and confirm that it was the same guy. I researched his name and, and made sure it was the same guy. And so when I found him on that other podcast, that was him five years from his accident, it, it like clicked to me is like, I, and this might answer your question, patience with myself is I've got to give myself five years. And so in my mind, it's, it's, I won't fully be recovered till five years. Um, because my brain will rewire and do all these things. Now, I think I'm way ahead of schedule and it's been two years, but I still have that hope that things are going to get better in the next three years. You know, if if I'm able to have the same type of recovery and hit as him and and work my brain out. And I think that's really what real estate has done for me is it's so challenging that I told my grandpa, you know, even if I'm not closing deals or making money, it's, it's helping my brain heal because it, there's so many different things that I have to learn and do in transactions and running my business that 
I honestly think it's helping my brain. Um, and, and in insurance, it wasn't like that. It, it just felt like my brain was sleeping and I was just making these calls and it was so I, I felt like the switch of careers I had to do for myself, partly because of my brain injury. Another way I, I try and stay patient with myself because it's been two years and sometimes, sometimes my accidents, my accident feels like it was a dream or not real. Um, or you get back into the normal life, daily routines, and and you just get frustrated with with small things that really don't matter. And so um, there's pictures that I have from my accident of me in the hospital just hooked up. I had to have a trach, so I had a feeding tube in me. Um, and when I finally woke up, I remember you know, people bathing me and having to take me to the bathroom and wipe me. And so I have pictures that kind of take me back. And anytime that I'm having a hard time or down day, I, I tend to go back to those pictures just to remind myself, like, you're supposed to be dead or <laughs> a vegetable, or you're not even supposed to be working. Your wife's supposed to be taking care of you. And so that helps me helps remind myself how how lucky I am and how much of a miracle it is that I'm able to to help my wife with my kids but also financially help um with real estate and yeah it's it's uh every day is different for sure and I've noticed my diet sugar does not help my brain at all so anytime I, I drink like a lot of soda or eat sweets, it just doesn't ever help my brain. So I think I've noticed more on how important my diet is, not just for my body, but for my brain. I mean, this is, Jordan, this is an incredible story, you know, of triumph through adversity and, you know, the journey to rebuild yourself. And you had said some things early on about you know, looking at real estate as a risk and becoming an entrepreneur and you're starting a business. And most agents don't even realize that that's what's happening when they choose to become a real estate agent. Did you get that insight from the influence of your grandfather? Or where did that come from is my first question. Number two is, how has that knowing that coming into the business and working through all of the challenges that you had and have had, how has that helped you be a better agent? So I think, I think the influence of my grandpa had some somewhat to do with it. Um, my grandpa is such a hard day though, that it, like I knew that I could go for to him for certain questions, but he's, he's a guy that is just kind of like, you got to figure it out yourself. You know, he's not one to give handouts um, or any, you know, he, he's just a very hard nosed cowboy type guy. So I knew he'd help me if I had certain questions, but it, it wasn't something that I felt like, yeah, I can lean on my grandpa and basically ride his coattails or, or, you know, get in touch with his people. Cause none of my deals have come that way or 
he hasn't connected me with any people real estate wise. So I did have a thought, okay, he knows a lot about real estate construction. So, you know, if there's anything like on an inspection or something wrong with a home in one of my transactions, he'll help me, you know, be able to explain to the customer, here's what's going on. Um, for example, we, we had a property with a boiler and I, that was the first time I ran across it and he had built a cabin with a boiler and he explained the whole system. And so I think that benefits me that he was in construction for so long and understands how homes are built and, and how everything in a home works. So I can ask him that, but as far as running the business and real estate, um, you know, anytime I ask him on that, a lot of times he'll just say, ask your broker or, um, I joined a team or so ask your business partner what they do. Cause he says real estate changes so much. He's been out of the business for so long. A lot of times when I ask him these legal questions he says, I don't know, you'll have to ask your broker. And really that's been the best thing because the broker is up to date on, on all the changing things and, and what's going on. So I think he gives me good advice. I also had joined a multi-level marketing company years ago. It was uh, called ACN and it was basically cell phones um, and like video phones, but Donald Trump endorsed it back then. And we got to go see him speak in Detroit for ACN, um, the multi-level marketing and basically just said, you know, multi-level marketing has such a stigma that uh, people don't understand. It's just like running your own business. So it was it was cool to see something or someone with that much knowledge and um, success in his life, basically back what you were doing. But I met a kid that we really just connected and we had stayed friends on Facebook for the last 10 years and he got into real estate and I was following him on Facebook, just watching what he was doing. And I just reached out to him and said, Hey, like, I want to do this and I want you to, I want to join you and I want you to help me. And so that's what I did. And that, that was ultimately the pushing or the point that I made to make the switch. Cause I just thought if I'm going to do this, I need help. I need someone that's in in the trenches and doing this day to day. And he's, he's one of the top 200 agents in Utah. So I wanted to learn from someone really good. I also bought Tom Ferry coaching. My uncle or my cousin is an agent out in California, Santa Barbara area. So he's selling like million dollar homes all the time. And I just said, Hey, what would you recommend? And, and he has Tom Ferry coaching. So that was super helpful in the beginning. It helps you get your CRM down and the systems and follow up how many calls you need to be making your schedule every day. So between my grandpa, the, the buddy that I joined and the coaching, I mean, I hear these agents just getting into it and saying, yeah, I'll figure it out. And they have an, the, uh, another job that they're doing also a full-time job being an agent and trying to figure out and it's like good luck you know and, and i've i said uh, i'm here there there's so much to learn i would love to sit down and take you to lunch so that you know what you're you're getting into and 
most of the time they don't take you up on it. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, we could go. And they never, they never do. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I, I, I just think, I think my biggest strength, and I, I would recommend this to other agents, is being able to admit that you don't know shit. <laughs> You don't know anything and being able to ask someone that does and being humble enough to listen to them and then try to implement it. And it might not work for you, but at least you're trying something that does work. And then you'll, you'll find the processes and systems and, and uh, scripts that fit your personality. So yeah, it's, it's a ton to learn. And I feel like I've just scratched the surface in six months. So I'm really excited to see where my first year leads me. And then, and then once I'm in the business for five years, because it, it kind of just feels like it's a snowball effect, but the, the first three months are really, really hard because transactions just take so long to, to muster up. It's not like you can just go to someone and, you know, make them want to sell their home and have them find a home that they want to move to that's better yeah you don't just go to home depot and fill your bucket up with sand right like it doesn't work <laughs> no <clears throat> no and i'd been in sales for since i was in high school i've been in sales so that was a, a big adjustment for me because um a lot of the times it was like a transaction like you know you could see your transaction that day and get your numbers like i made five sales today and with real estate, it's just, it, it takes so much longer. Yeah, and it's a com compounding effect. It yeah. And just time. Yeah. Patience. Here's an example. I met with a lady right when I got my license. She was from California. Her daughter had a house and they were, I'm pretty sure they were drug addicts. Um, so she, she flew all the way from California, wanted me to sell this house because she was letting her daughter live in it and they hadn't paid her rent for like two years. And I met with her at a Hilton, uh, in the lobby, she sat and just sobbed and cried. And I was like, look, I'll help you do whatever you need. Like if we have to legally evict your daughter, I'll help you do that. So that morning after I, I talked to her, I went over to the house and just took a picture to send to my investors because it was trashed. And I thought maybe I'll just put it out there and see if someone wants to buy this cash and flip it or, well, the daughter, <laughs> the daughter saw me take a picture of the house and ran out and banged on my window. And like, she looked strung out and who are you? And was in my face. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm just working with your mom. I'm a realtor. Uh, we're trying to sell the house and it was just a mess. So we were, we were about to list the home and she basically called me one night and said, Hey, my daughter, my daughter, uh, I'm going to let her stay in the house. She promised to pay me rent and I'm going to give it another try. And I just thought you are making the biggest mistake, but you have to just say, yeah, well, you know, I hope everything goes good. Let me know if I can help you with anything. So it's been about six months and literally last night she texted me and said, I'm ready to sell my home. So if you're a new agent or any agent that feels frustrated, I was super down. And that was, that was one of my first interactions with someone as I got my license and it fast forward, it's taken six months and then probably going to take 
longer than that because we have to clean the whole house and list it and then and get it under contract and close. So it could be something that takes an entire year, but that just last night was something that made me encouraged to follow up with people and treat people the correct way, no matter what they're going through, because had I gotten mad at her that she didn't want to list her house and spend all that time, um, she wouldn't have texted me and said, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to list. She would have found somebody else. So, um, it's a, a roller coaster you always hear the cliche real estate's a roller coaster of emotions and it's not a lie <laughs> and you understand it just being in the business for first six months, how much of up and down it is. And really just trying to keep an even, even keel of emotions is, is the the best advice I can give is don't get too high or don't get too low. You've worked through a lot to get to where you are, you know, like we could, I'm sure talk for hours about, the challenges that you've worked through both mentally, emotionally, let alone physically, you know, which are all, while they all work together, they're all three completely different buckets of shit that you have to deal with Yes, in, in, yes. in order to get through something. And, you know, just sitting here listening to you, obviously I, I didn't know you before, but while you say that your patients are less, there's, something that I feel that feels like your patients are also more just maybe in different ways than you were previously. Um, and understanding like the cycle of things and the cycle of how things work and the emphasis on, you know, this is a, a people and partner business. That's what I always say about real estate. It's only two things. It's people and partners. That's it. That's how you get deals done. That's how you, mm -hmm get clients. That's how you, you know, build generational wealth. That's how you do all of it is with people and partners. What are some of the goals that you have set for yourself, knowing that you kind of have this five-year plan of recovery, but you're also taking the next, you know, you've been in the business six months, so to speak. So let's just say, you know, over three years and six months in that plan, like what are some of the goals that you've set for yourself in the business. Um, and, and personally, right. Cause I, I think it's hand in hand. Like I always say that if you're in the real estate business, I don't care on what level, whether you're a real estate agent, an insurance broker, a mortgage lender, like your business is half personal development and half professional development. That's what gets you mm -hmm. where you need to be. What are the standards essentially that you are setting for yourself to, to get you, um, you want to go? Yeah. So I think I have a, a different take on this than most people um, in business and um, sales because I've been in sales for so long that I've heard every motivational talk there is and every, you know, I, I've heard the same thing and it, it tends to get replayed by the same people. And so for me, goals are... I'm not a big goals guy, <laughs> to be honest. I don't, I, I set them, but um, what I found with myself is when I was in high school and, and younger um, after high school, like college, I would, I would set these huge, massive, just, I want to be the best and, you know, make millions of dollars and have a huge house. And 
Um, I guess that stuff doesn't matter to me as much anymore. Like I have a lot of what I want. Um, obviously I still want to progress, but I found for me setting a, a realistic goal is way more motivating for me because it, I guess when I set these big goals and then didn't achieve them, I felt like a failure. I, I would almost like get really down on myself for not being able to do it. And I think a lot of that came with, I expected it to be done a lot faster than what, it, what it would have taken because I was so young and inexperienced and naive. But um, for example, my, when I started real estate, here's my goal. And I, I've told this to many real estate agents and they kind of look at me funky because they just think, well, that's not enough. <laughs> so my wife is a school teacher. Um, she let me coach basketball, finish school. She's let me switch jobs and everything. And she's been basically the, the breadwinner in our household. So my goal is if I can recover from my injury and be able to get her home from work and me be the breadwinner that's my goal so we set a goal of making sixty thousand dollars my first year we figured if we doubled her income that would allow us to do that um i figured i need about eight to ten transactions so halfway through i'm at six we're at about uh let's see when these other two close i'll be right around forty thousand so I've got 20,000 more to make in six months, which is more than doable. Um, so for me, that's, that's really motivating. I know a lot of people, you know, get in the business and their goal is I want to hit a hundred grand. I was like, you know, that's, that's not my goal right now. I just want to get my wife home and 60 grand is what I need. So to see that I'm on track to hit that is encouraging like it, it makes me not want to quit real estate if had i set the 100 grand i think i would have felt a lot of pressure and when i have pressure and feel anxious uh when i'm talking to people like it makes you needy and makes you sound you know sells breath and vomit all over people and <laughs> and so i just when there's that type of pressure like i have to have this deal i don't do as well and i think when I started, I, I was very much like that. It wasn't till probably my fourth transaction that I felt like, okay, I can like finally relax and be myself because I felt like I have got to close this deal because you put so much money into real estate with your, your signs, your brokerage, your business cards, your marketing, it costs a lot of money. You're coaching. Um, so I just thought I, I gotta, I've got to do this. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I haven't really thought to year three or five yet because I'm still focused on year one and just hitting the 60,000. So um, I think what works for me and my, my philosophy is set attainable goals and hit those and don't, don't even focus five years because in my mind, you know, after my accident, something can totally change your life and five years is so long yeah. like why focus that far ahead just focus on the present and i think that's that's something that's helped me not 
not just with real estate, but with my, my home life and my marriage and anything I'm doing is focus where your feet are is what, what I always try and remind myself. Like when I'm home with my, my kids and I'm texting on my phone about a deal or looking into a property, my, my kids are suffering because their dad is not paying attention or needing them at home. So, um, you've got to be able to put your phone away and, you know, be where you're at. And it's so hard with being able to be connected all the time on social media and texting and people can call you whenever they want that. That's one thing I tried to time block is family time. Like after five o'clock, tell my kids go to bed. I'm, I'm not doing real estate. I am doing family. I'm dinner time or helping my wife clean the house or whatever, just something other than real estate. And I found that it, it actually uh, helps me be better at real estate because I'm, I'm more rejuvenated to do it. It, it. It's not like a 12 hour day, just real estate and getting burnt out. So I don't think that that's a way for everybody to do it though. I think there's so many different personalities and people tick differently and are driven by different things that if they implemented what I'm doing, it might not work for them. You know, is it there? So I think a lot of it is just finding out what works for you. And there's so many cliches and motivational things and you need to wake up at 5 a.m. and, you know, go work out. And it's like, no, I want to sleep until eight because I get more sleep and I feel better waking up at that time. So you got to find your routine and what works for you. And I think the only way you can do that is by failing a bunch and trying to gain experience. Cause I have failed so many times with other careers that I feel like had I started real estate at 21, 22, 23, or, or 25, even I wouldn't have made it because I would have given up. Um, and so I guess I've learned through these, these, experiences like stuff just takes time and um i i think my accident has actually helped me in that that the year of recovery it just takes time for your body to heal and your brain to heal and i guess i've implemented that into into real estate without consciously thinking about it has your self-awareness come from the failures and the experiences because you're the things that you're talking about in this discussion that we're having is somebody who's very self-aware of, you know, a, where they are, b what they want, c what their expectation is for themselves. And, you know, I talk to a lot of new agents or newer agents, even seasoned agents on the regular and the amount of people there's a lot of, of people that lack self-awareness in general, you know, let alone yeah. have been through what you've been through. And there's something to be said that, hey, you got a second chance. So yeah, of course you're more aware. Like, dude, I woke up this morning. This is amazing, right? I get to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get to go again. Right. Let's go, let's go. Um, but I don't know, like you are just so like centered and like humble and present. And like, I commend you for that. Um, there's a lot of people that aren't. So I'm curious, where does that come from or how do you get there? Um, I think I've always been self-aware, but 
it it was I would beat myself up a lot. And so I think I think the accident has made me more self-aware in a sense that um like I gave myself more grace and more more lenience to make mistakes or be frustrated. Um so it's almost given me like a not a pass, but just like I I'm doing fine. I'm okay. I'm alive. I'm taking care of my kids. I'm making money for my family. I'm doing way better than I should be. So I think it just the accident has kind of given me um yeah, grace, I think is the best word. Um I also before my accident went on like a, a really spiritual trip. My brother had passed away from cancer at age 15 and I watched him take his last breath. And so, um, that really messed me up. <laughs> uh, and he had a make a wish foundation to go to, uh, and his, his wish was to go to Hawaii and they invited me to go. And I said, I can't, I have to work. I can't get work off. And because I had to pay bills and, no support myself and that was one of my biggest regrets is like you know my brother was dying he had it from cancer i had a chance to go to hawaii and have an amazing experience with him and i couldn't see clear enough to say i need a week off of work or i wasn't financially stable enough or i don't i don't know what i was thinking um so about uh, well, I, I prayed a lot. I, I didn't believe in God or anything and prayed a ton. And I was just like, what, you know, like, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm in your hands, help me. Cause I'm so confused. And, um, I ended up getting a, an answer and I won't go into that story because people really think I've gone off the deep end, <laughs> but, uh, I sold everything that I owned. I went and lived in Hawaii out of a backpack. Uh, I took maybe five outfits, if that, maybe, you know, like three, three sets of underwear, three shorts. I I lived in board shorts and tank tops. And uh, I went over there and lived with hippies on hippie communes. I slept with homeless people in their cars. I farmed. I just went where the wind blew and had zero plans bought a one-way ticket didn't plan on ever coming back um to utah and yeah i just i I said that like i'm just gonna go and figure it out and god led me in so many ways that are a whole nother story so i think finding god before my accident also helped me after because during my accident, there was a lot of praying and, uh, I don't know how people do do it without God. I went so long and rebelled without it and partied and drank and smoked and got tattoos and I did all of it. And, um, I would say that that self-awareness and that balance that you're speaking of, I would credit that to God because, uh, it, it, it's definitely not my own doing and I need a lot of help from him. It's a hell of an answer, Jordan. Thank you. And I'm, I'm yeah. sorry for the loss of your brother, man. 
Like it's horrible. Yeah. I, we could probably do another podcast on this, but I'll just tell you this real quick. So my parents got divorced in high school. My dad remarried into a family and this family has a gene where they get cancer. Like we get sicknesses. Um, and this gene, nobody's lived past the age of 40. So my, my stepsister has it. She's a little younger than me. I want to say like 26, 28. She'll probably pass away before 40. She had a daughter that has the gene. She is six years old right now. She, they just have found a brain tumor, but it's, it's basically staying stable um, and then before my dad remarried this lady, she, she lost her three-year-old daughter and her ex-husband is the one that carried the gene. He also passed away about the same time my brother did. So, so much loss. Um, there's only, yeah, there's only one sister that doesn't have the gene. But when my, my dad remarried into this family, it's just like, you go through a divorce and you think, man, my life is crap and then he remarried this lady and it's like holy cow like those people like that's tough life yeah dealing 100%. with with ca cancer and not knowing like my sister has had to have her breast removed she only has she has a glass eye because it was cancerous um i mean and my brother before he passed away had his leg amputated because it was in his leg and as you watch this as you watch that side of our family, you know, the step, step side, it just puts everything into perspective. Like all your worries and things that you worry about, someone else is just fighting to stay alive. And then I watched my brother go through chemo and that's a whole, whole nother aspect to it. So there, there's a lot of life-changing moments, I guess, in my story. And, um, I, I would say if someone feels discouraged or want to quit or give up, it's just keep going because that experience and, and these relationships that you build with people throughout life are what eventually help you learn who you are and how to be successful. And most importantly, what actually matters because going back to the big house and the cars and everything that I wanted back in high school and not achieving it right away and giving up that stuff is so unimportant and i think my step family has helped me realize that with them literally battling cancer their their entire life so there's many reasons why i feel grateful um to be alive not just my accident but before my accident with with my step family and and having cancer that they don't know you know when when their time is up yeah, I mean, if I've taken one thing away from our conversation so far, it is perspective and attitude. You know, like mm -hmm. I commend you for everything you've been through and have seen and um, how you show up, you know, because there's a lot of people that haven't even seen 5% of what you've seen or been through and can't show up, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. My grandpa says that a lot to me. Cause he was, he, I mean, if you retire at age 40, you're pretty successful in most people's eyes. Yeah. And he's, he said that to me, he says, you've been through more than I've been through my whole life. And I just, 
sometimes can't wrap my head around it, I guess, because when you go through hard times like that, it's, you don't really have a choice. It's like either give up or keep going. And I've never been one to give up. So I guess it's hard for me to understand how he sees it. But yeah, I, my wife has been listening to our podcast and she just passed me this note and this might be a good way to finish off the podcast. My wife says, since I have started real estate, I've seen such, she has seen such an amazing change in me, your patience and love for people, um, especially at home have grown close to the man you were before the accident. So, um, I don't know who's listening to this. Obviously, I I appreciate you for putting it out on social media. That this is a great reason, or a, a great part of social media. You're, you know, we're able to connect. You're in Chicago. I'm in Utah, and share our stories and build relationships, which is so important. Um, but it it yeah it it's. I would, I would say, uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful that you had me on your podcast because, um, so many times my wife had said, you know, there's a reason you went through this accident and I was so angry. And when she would say that it would almost make me more angry, but to be able to be vulnerable and share your story to other people. I think that's the one of the greatest things about being human is we we're all connected and you know you can hear someone else's story and implement or it gives you motivation just like I heard the story of the guy falling off the water tower and then heard him on another podcast 5 years later and that's what kept me going and he probably has no idea <laughs> you know I've never talked to the guy, never connected with him, but that story and still to this day keeps me going and being patient. And and I hope um, that not just my story of the accident, but also, also the story of, you know, my brother passing away from cancer or my step family having a gene with cancer can help someone realize like whatever you're worried about in this moment or whatever you're going through is so insignificant. And when I would hear that myself, sometimes it makes you more upset, but if it can yeah. stay in your brain for like longer somebody than telling you to calm down, right. It just makes you more. Mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if you can remember this longer than your current emotion and gain experience, I think that's, that's what I've taken away um, the most from, from life. There are certain things that hit me and I try and remember them. And then, you know, years down the road, it it might, uh, affect your life. So uh, I'm, I'm just super grateful that we, you know, social media can have such a bad stigma to it, um, and negativity, but it also can have such a great thing and influence and platform. And, you know, I'm a huge basketball fan and, and sometimes, you know, what LeBron James says, or these, these athletes, it's just like you have such a huge platform and they say the most ridiculous things sometimes <laughs> and it's like what like are you guys like when lebron said i wake up scared every day it's like what <laughs> one you live in america <laughs> two you play basketball and make millions of dollars 
like and you could hire as many bodyguards if you want if you're that scared but anyways we won't even get into that but i'm just i I love the platform of social media and i actually got a, a degree in social media marketing and so i love it for this reason alone that you're able to connect with people and and not even have a face-to-face conversation, but someone might hear this or a different podcast or read, you know, watch a story or whatever and be able to keep going and push forward. So um, I'm, I'm grateful that we live in the time that we do, even, even with the, the psychotic craziness going on in our world. (laughs) Yeah, Jordan, that's great. And thank you, wife, for your contribution. Um, yeah. What she had to say, I think that's amazing. And I'm sure you there's- You passed t- it to me on a little note. Here it is. <laughs> I'm sure there's a ton of truth um, behind all of that. And nobody would know better than her, right? Like, that's the reality of it. She's objective on the outside, but on the inside. She's for, with me every day. So, yeah. <laughs> for anybody listening, like, what I can say is there's no excuse. There's no excuse not to show up and do the work and build transactions over time. You know, like if, if Jordan here can go through what he's been through, witness what he's witnessed and still push forward and wake up every day and go at it, there's zero excuse. Yeah. Go fail more. That's the key. (laughs) Don't be afraid of it. Like failure is nothing. It's just it's what you make of it, right? So you have to choose to learn from it and go do something else. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a definition of you. It's not something you are. It's not an identity. It's just part of the process. Very well said. And don't beat yourself up either when you fail. That that was probably, and I still do beat myself up, but that's that's one of the things that has helped me the most is to give myself grace and be uh, less less hard on myself. When you were um, talking earlier, it was funny, like somebody posted today on a post that I put in a real estate group and they said, be kind to yourself today. And like right at that moment, like I needed to hear it, you know? Mm -hmm. And as you were talking, it just reminded me of that. Like so much of what you have had to say is just be kind to yourself, you know, like we're all human doing the best we can at the moment. And more often than not, we get in our own way. So just move out of the way for a second and recover, mm-hmm. breathe. Yeah. There's days where I wake up and I'm like, I can't make calls today and I'll beat myself up about that. And then it, it you know, it kind of snowballs to the next day. Oh, I can't do it again. And then you just start feeling worse. So yeah, some days you don't have the juice is how I like to say say it and some days you're on fire and just realize that that's who we are as humans every single human has good days bad days i i relate it to sports um you know there's some games that people have historic games and it's unrealistic to expect them to play that way every single game we are human we are flawed and if you can realize that then it makes life easier. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It does make life easier when you accept it, right? Yes. Jordan, this has been unbelievable. We will definitely be doing this again. Thank you for sharing your story with us, man. Yeah, you have to get through all your other guests, but I, I would love to do, you know, like a five-year update or something. Uh, and 
I, I'm super grateful for the opportunity and the chance to connect with you and, and build our relationship. So Likewise. I appreciate you having me on. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.